welcome to the third episode of the Sandown Sweat Podcasts. Just a reminder of who I am, my name is Hayley Ryan, I'm the owner of a training studio called Sandown Sweat in Cape Town. We focus a lot on bodyweight training, Pilates, dance, calisthenics, and anything to do with movement with regards to bodyweight. And really, we really feel that and believe that that is the best way to express yourself through movements. Today's podcast is really exciting and I know that it's going to resonate with many people out there. We're talking about what to do when motivation runs out with your weight loss goals and your eating plan. It really is a hot topic at the moment. People have started to realize that motivation is not the only thing that's going to get you there. And today we have an amazing guest with us. Her name is Krista De Beer. She is a nutritionist and life coach. Good morning, Krista. Good morning. It's nice to be here. Thank you. So just for some of the people who don't know who Krista is, Krista works alongside me. We work on our clients together. So I train the clients and um, my other trainers as well. They tra- we train the clients at Sand on Sweat. And then they say Krista for eating plans and for body stats and for life coaching. Because I'm sure you realize that if you're going to train hard but eat whatever you want, you're not going to get goals. And the same with um, life coaching. If you're going to train hard and eat well, but you've got stinking thinking, you're not going to get anywhere. So we really believe that the synergy between body, mind, and soul, and your nutrition, it needs to all talk to each other. So that's why Chris and I work together. So the benefit of you for listening to this podcast today is you're going you're gonna to take some nuggets away of how to move forward on either your weight loss journey or just anything to do with your with your mindset around your health and your nutrition. If you're finding that you have repeated patterns and behaviors that you do today, hopefully you're going to walk away with some breakthroughs in that area. So let's jump straight into it. Krista, um, question number one, please tell our audience today about your personal journey with weight loss and nutrition and how you became a nutritionist. Well, first I want to say thank you for having me. It's really a privilege to be here to share my story. Um, <clears throat> well, about four years ago, I faced a really big scare within my own health. And um, we went for the normal screening test for the medical aid. And um, I stood on the scale, all-time high, even after my two pregnancies. And um, <clears throat> But the biggest thing was when my finger got pricked for the cholesterol test. That is where I actually saw that things are not supposed, or they are not, they are what they're not supposed to be. So, just a little bit um, of information about cholesterol. Cholesterol has two aspects, and mine hit an all time high of 9.2. Now, normal cholesterol should be between 4.5 and 5. That is where it should be actually. So, um, just to understand this a little bit, cholesterol is measured in milligrams per deciliter. And there are two parts of cholesterol. The one part is the high-density cholesterol, the HDL, um, which is the good cholesterol. And then we have the LDL, the low-density, which is the bad cholesterol. Now, these two have to be in balance. And just a little bit of um, to get rid of the myth about cholesterol, we do need it to function. Our brain need it. Um, you do need cholesterol in your body, but it has to be in balance and we have to have the good ones as well. Um, <clears throat> just to get back to my story, um, after these tests, um, I've seen where my cholesterol was too high, I went to see a specialist. And she actually said to me, she sat me down, she said, well, you have one or two choices. 
you either going to face a stoke or you need to make a lifestyle change. Mm. And that wasn't a difficult choice to yeah, make. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <coughs> and, and were you overweight? I mean, what, what yes, was your I weight was. on? How much was, weight were you overweight? I mean, I'm 1.6 meters tall and um, I was about 26, 27 kilos overweight. Sure, yeah. I weighed at that stage 82.8 kilos. Yeah, um, sure. Okay. So... But in cholesterol, we also need to make sure that there, there is a an hereditary factor yes. as well. Yeah. So if that is the case, then medication is unfortunately the way to go. But as far as eating habits, we can control yeah. that. So you lost your weight, <coughs> you got on track, and then how did you land up being a nutritionist? How did that come about? Well, for me, that just just to see how people are struggling... And where they don't have the knowledge, that is where I decide to um, go and study and yeah. see how can we help people who don't have the knowledge, people who don't have time to go and read up on these things. Yeah. And um, because people are too busy, they're too busy to go and study and go read up and see, but w- how can I make this yeah. easier for myself? How can we make a lifestyle change in this? Yeah. And that is actually where my whole story started. Okay. And then you added life coaching to that. So did the life coaching come before you studied nutrition or after? Or how did the life coaching come about? life coaching, um, I always had a passion for people. And my husband's been in the ministry for 21 years. So just through that, we had to deal with a lot of people issues. And mostly where there are people issues, people tend to eat too much or don't eat at all or go into bad habits. Yeah. So just through that... um, I've done a whole lot of counselling courses, but life coaching was the model yeah. that I found worked the best for me. And did you, I mean, we're we, we digressing a little bit here, but it's important. Have you found that with your life coaching, a lot of people's inability to stick to their eating plan is due to some kind of eating disorder? Absolutely. So it whether it be binge eat, eating yes. or comfort eating, yes. stress eating, mm-hmm. are you finding that's quite common? Yeah, people tend to grab food. Because they want to fill that void. Mm, and it's easy and it's available. And you don't need to have a license to, or yeah. it's not um, irregular. Yeah. So you need to, people tend to grab the food in yeah. that regard, yes. They do. Okay. Um, so the, the, the main topic for today is motivation and what do we do when it seems to run out? Because, you know, it's all exciting in the beginning. You know, I come to you for an eating plan and you, I stand on your scale and I get a big fright I start training at Sandown Sweat and I'm a month in and then I'm like, oh, the first bad weekend comes, you know, the little stress comes or a birthday happens and then all of a sudden my motivation's out the door. Can you help us, in your opinion, when motivation seems to run out, what can we do? Um, how, do we st- how do we achieve our longer term goals when motivations run out? I think to understand motivation is to go back to the definition of it. Okay. What does motivation mean? Now, it's the process by which activities are started or directed and sustained to a certain need until it's met. Wow. So when people start a plan or they start an exercise routine, they need to know why do I start it. So, and the motivation runs out when they don't know where they're going to with that. Mm. So I think the best is to start, why did I do this? Why did I start? Yeah. What is my motivation? What's the reason that I started to do this? And I, I could imagine, so having said that with motivation, so if your motivation is to start an eating plan and start training, once you've started, 
you've actually achieved what you set out to do. Yes. So your motivation has to now change <clears throat> because you've actually achieved. My motivation was to start. Now I've started. Now what's my motivation? Yeah. You've got to change that thing mm-hmm. to be something else because otherwise you've achieved what you actually yeah. set out to do anyway. Your motivation has to change to staying on track. It has to change just to staying on track. I recently asked my clients um, a question, four questions or four reasons why they start this journey with me. Now, this is not a trick question. Why do you start a journey? Because if we start a journey, we need to know where are we going to. Mm. What do we Different stages to of it. Yes. Yeah. So, um, it is as easy to get back onto the bus as what it is to get off the bus. Yeah. It's just making that change. And you're still on the same journey. The bus is still going in the same direction. The bus is going forward. We get off, but we can just get back on and go into the same direction. And I think that's what many people don't do. They get off the bus, but then they don't get back on again. They think, oh, but you know what? I cheated today. I'm going to cheat tomorrow. So what then? I'm going away for the weekend, so let me just throw it all. I'll start again on Monday. Yeah. But then they don't start on Monday. Mm. So... The motivation of why am I doing this? Why did I start this? Even if it was two years ago, why did I start? Even if it was last week, if I started, I need to know where am I going to with this. Mm -hmm. And um, the best thing is when you start a plan or when you start an exercise routine, write down what do I want to achieve. And if I haven't achieved that, then I can't stop. And I need to go back yeah. to that. And do you want people to write down the long term, so not just yes. the short term? Yeah. The, the thing with long term and short term, short term tends to be something that I want to see now. Mm. I, I want to achieve the six pack or I want to achieve my, 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 my weight goal. But that's short term lift. Long term is for the next 10 years I want to live healthy. Yeah. For the next 10 years I need to pass this baton on to my children. Need to make mm. sure that they start eating right. Yeah. Um, for myself, I can't now just go and eat steak every day. My cholesterol will not be able to handle that. Yeah. Somebody else who's um, sitting with diabetes, yeah. they can't just go on a sugar binge because they are going to kill themselves. Yeah. So we need to make sure that write down what do I want to achieve long term. And I mean, that's we're talking about life coaching now. But that kind of ties into your values, you know, short term, I want to lose 10 kilos, I want to look better, I want to feel better, and I want to look great in the mirror. That's kind of your goals. But when you're going to, if you have to maintain that stuff for a long time, you need to attach it to your values. Like being able to be there for your kids when when you're 40 or 60 or whatever it is, that's a value. Being able to um, be a better husband or wife, being able to show up better at work, being able to not be grumpy around your colleagues. Those are values. And I'm sure you would agree that we have to attach our goals to the things that are valuable to us. And those values generally serve us over a longer term. Yeah. They really do. And many times the values over the long term is the values unseen. Yeah. The short term values are the things that we can see now. Oh, I want to fit into a bikini in Mm. December. That is something that you can see. Yeah. But to say that I am going to teach my kids to eat correct for the rest of their lives yeah. so that they can pass it on to their children, that's unseen. Yeah. So we must see the visible and the invisible. And in the invisible, that is where the motivation lies. That's where the ongoing motivation Yes. And if you think about you know the olden days versus now, you know, in the olden days Parents just used to feed their kids whatever because they just they didn't know you know you perish for lack of knowledge. Whereas nowadays parents are 
more educated and they're teaching children that you need to be healthy. You need yeah. to eat well. I mean, all the schools are requiring that lunch boxes are, are served healthier. Yeah. So health's definitely become a, a much more valuable to people. Mm. And health is a long-term thing. Yeah. It's not a, oh, I'm going to be healthy for the next six months and then I'm going to go back to my old days. You actually can't go back to your old days. You can't. You can't. Like, the motivation needs to be, this is my new lifestyle for the rest mm. of my life. And that is why we have to look at the unseen. Yeah. Health, you can't touch. You can't see it. You can't measure it yeah. in the visible. So we've got to have that long term. And in the long term, that's where the motivation lies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so now that we've spoken about motivation and that it runs out and that you, we need to look at the longer term, what is a better tool for people to use to stay on track with their goals besides motivation? Better tool to stay on track, um, I would say, is first of all, be accountable. Mm. Because not many people can do this on their own. Yep. You've got to be accountable. That is why people go to a gym. That's why people will go to Sandown Sweat. Because they know somebody there is waiting for them. Yes. That's why people will come to me. Because they know I'm going to sit there by the sky waiting for them. Yeah. And that accountability actually helps people to cultivate um, a culture of going on, yeah. a culture of not giving up. Yeah, absolutely. So right. I mean, I look at the clients that we share and um, it's just, they, they, they come to their sessions saying, I'm seeing Krista today, I, I, I've been good and I can't wait to get on that scale. You know, I'm seeing Krista today, I haven't been so good, but I'm glad I'm going because I need that accountability. And it really is like, being on a weight loss journey or a health and fitness journey is it, it's long sometimes it's not just two weeks two weeks or a month yeah. it's six six months or a year yeah. and that accountability partner just to know that somebody's got your back yeah. um it's it's for me i've learned it's the key to success yeah. it really is i think another tool also is how you see your health how you see your weight um when i did my first ad um my slogan was fall in love with your scale. People laughed. How, but how can I love my scale? Mm. I said, you know what? To measure your weight is one of 18 measurements we take. It's not the main measurement. So mm. it is how we change our outlook. It's not about the weight. Yeah. It's about your health. Yeah. Because the weight on the scale we can see, again, it comes to the visible and the invisible. The weight on the scale we can see, but the benefit of losing that weight in your health that is long term. Yeah. That's the invisible, and that's what we need to focus. And on. let's just talk about that scale. So, for anyone that is listening to this podcast and thinks, "Wow, you know, I'd love to go see Krista for a bit of accountability," what what does that scale of yours measure? Okay, the very first thing that we measure is, of course, weight and BMI, and then we also weigh fat percentage, which is very important, so that we can see that the fat percentage comes down, and then my my main focus is on pushing up the muscle mass and make sure that your metabolism speeds up. Yeah. Now, the metabolism we measure in BMR, basal metabolic rate. The basal metabolic rate we need to increase so that we can work on, a, um, that your metabolism can speed up, that everything else is working faster, you burn more calories in a day. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean we can eat more, Yeah. but it just helps us so that the blood flows properly, our organs are clean mm -hmm. and healthy, our intestines. So, yeah. Um, so basically to say that it's weight, BMI, 
Bien Or, um, weight of um, muscle mass, fat percentage, and then also another important one is visceral fat. Yes. The fat in the middle around <coughs> the organs. Yeah. That's the that's very important measurement that we take, and then of course with a measuring tape from top to bottom, and we yeah. plot this on a graph, and then from there the clients can see what yeah. the weight and the And you also do the body water? The water's also the in there? It's very important, yeah. yes. We do measure and body water. And everyone's favourite in, in the studio when they come in and they've seen you is their metabolic <laughs> age. Because they get yes. such a scrick when they stand yeah. on that scale and they realise they're older than they are. And for some reason it's such a motivator because their clients come back to their session and they're like, oh, I'm two years younger than I was last week. And then when they hit their actual age, they're like, yeah. okay, I am actually how old I should be. And then when they start actually becoming younger in their, in their yes. metabolic age, it is so motivating. I mean, I've got one client who was about 15 years older than what yeah. she actually is. She's now her age, and she's so excited to become younger in her metabolism. And I know it's a, it's a scientific method, and I know it's probably not the most, um, sci- you know, it's probably not the most truthful method, but you know what? It motivates people. Absolutely. And if that's what's going to get people following the eating plans and losing weight, I'm going to go with it. It really does help them. They get so excited when they're younger than they actually are. They really do. Okay, so we spoke about accountability. We spoke about the scale and the different measurement tools. Any other ways for them? Let's think about some life coaching tools, like mental tools for them to stay on track other than motivation. What kind of things could people be saying to themselves? Um to be motivated with their goals long-term? I think many people fall back on the past. And they say, but I've been stuck in the past. And this and that happened to me. At the end of the day, we all have a story to tell. Yeah. All of us have something somewhere in our past that caused a speed wobble. Yeah. So we need to identify that. We cannot change the past. But when we identify what it is, um, we can name it what it is and get past that and from there on move forward i think many people just see the speed wobble that they're approaching and want to avoid it not dealing with it yeah. the minute you deal with it you can identify and say but okay that is the trigger that makes me overeat yeah that's the trigger that makes me grab for the cookie cupboard that's the trigger that makes me buy that extra chocolate when yeah. i stand in and so many people aren't aware of that. They aren't aware of their repeated eating patterns yeah. are actually driven by their emotional states yes, yes. and by triggers in their past. And I mean, I can only use myself as an example. I grew up in a home where we had no junk food in the house. We only had brown bread. There was never a can of Coke. There was never any junk food in my house. It wasn't allowed. But the minute we stepped out of the house because of my mom's own issues that she was going through, she would always treat us we would always be treating so there would be cake and we would go out for dinners so i learned that when you're at home you're 100 percent on and then when you're out the house you're 100 percent off and it was so unhealthy for me growing up because i learned to binge when i was away from home and i learned to control when i was at home and it took me a long time to realize that that was the cause of my eating disorder that i would binge at celebrations binge when i went out with friends or dinner or whatever and then eat eat while at home and when I then had children, I had to make sure that that pattern wasn't repeated because we yes. only repeat what we don't know. And I had to really work hard to go, okay, just because I grew up in a home like that doesn't mean I can repeat this binging pattern with my kids. And, you know, now it's kind of flipped on its head where we have all food in the house yeah. um, and we tend to probably overeat a little bit more when we're at home. 
but there's no stress around it. You know, whether the food's here or not here, we it, it's free. You know, yes. and we have to help people become free of the of these Absolutely. patterns, because and and we and we don't know what we don't know. If you don't even know that you're triggering, mm. and you're triggering your foods by an emotional issue, mm. how do you know to change? Mm. And that is where diets don't work mm. because all they do is address the food. Yeah. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Do this for a month, and you're going to be fine. Yeah. What about all the emotional stuff underneath there? What about all the patterns of mm. the things that you use food for? Like if people are not focusing on that stuff, they're not going to get anywhere. That's why it's diets true. fail. D I E T. Diet. Diet. Die. You're going to die. Yes. Literally, because you're not going to face the stuff underneath. Exactly. You know, yeah. we really have to address that stuff underneath. Life, a lifestyle change is something that you work on your entire life. It never ends. Yeah. But a diet has a beginning date and an mm. end date. And I always say to my clients, what happens when six weeks are over? Or what happens when 21 days are over? And it's nothing against all these eating plans. I know they all serve a good purpose. They have their space in, in our lives. They do have their time. But rather focus on the long term. What happens Again, after? The invisible yeah. is the long. That's where the motivation. Even is. if you're going to do these short-term diets, like these crash diets, or make sure you've got something to follow it up with. Absolutely. Make sure you've booked with Krista mm. or booked with a nutritionist who's going to get you onto a sustainable mm. eating plan. Because we cannot sustain these diets mm. long term. It's impossible. Mm. It really, really is. I mean, we did a podcast lo- um, last week with another lady, Louise, mm. and her motto is everything in moderation. And she really learned that she's lost 20 kilos. And she learned quite quickly in her journey that if she's going to cut these foods out long term, she's never going to last. Mm-hmm. So she started bringing in half a slice of cake as opposed That's to three good. slices. And she still lost all her weights. <clears throat> but she never denied herself the foods. Yes. And yes, deny yourself the food for the first couple of months if that's what's going to work for you. But know that you're going to need to eat those foods again because you're not going to be able to avoid them further. Mm-hmm. You're definitely not going to be able to avoid them further. No, it's true. I teach my clients the law of halves. Yes, yes. So if there is a muffin, don't eat the full muffin. Just cut it in half and share the half with somebody else. So um, that that's a, a good way of not depleting yourself of it. But it is it is true. We can't sustain a stay away forever. It doesn't work. It does not work. You, you cannot sustain that for the rest wow. of your life. Unless there is a medical condition like diabetes where you cannot take sugar. Yes, or, absolutely, yeah. But then there's replacements. There's other absolutely. things, you know. Yeah. Other things for that. Okay, last question that we had just before we cut off today. So what first step can our audience implement today to keep on track with their eating for weight loss? What first step would, would you, or what top tip would you recommend people could implement today after hearing this? I think the most important thing is that what you put in must be less than what you put out. So it's that calorie deficit. That's a good thing. But what I actually want to touch on is three major questions that you have to ask yourself. The first question is, do I have to lose the weight or do I want to lose the weight? Mm. That's a big question. Have to put a law, want to is your choice. Yes. So that's... That would be my first. And then the second one, why do I want to lose the weight? What's my motive for losing it? And the third question is, what will motivate me to carry on? Do I need to go get an accountability partner? Do I need to join a gym? Um, And then in all of this, write it down. 
Yeah, write journal, write journal, journal, journal. Down. Yeah. If you see the vision, put it in your cupboard, put it in your bathroom, in your car, on the visor, wherever, you down, mm. where you can see it every single day. Yeah. And you speak that out over yourself. That's where the motivation is. I remember when I when I lost all my weight a couple of years ago uh, after having babies. I put a picture of me as my screensaver yes. on my phone. Beautiful. And I mean, you could think it was the most narcissistic thing ever, but you know what? When I opened my phone and yes. I saw that body, I was like, whoa, okay, got to keep on track. Yes. And once I reached my goal, I took the screensaver off. But I found that hugely motivating. Yeah. I really did. Okay, so if anyone wants to get hold of you, um, your, your website is your, your website address? Um, my website address www.360coach.net. Or360coach.net on Facebook or Instagram. And 360 being the, the numerical 360? 360coach.net. Perfect. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, so what else did I want to say? Um, yeah, those are your personal details. Um, Sandonsweat's details, www.sandonsweat.co.za. Um, if you would like to get hold of Krista, you can get hold of us at info at Sandonsweat, and we'll gladly send you Krista's details. And yeah, Krista, thank you so much. I think we'll cut it off now to keep it nice and short. Thank you so much for being with us and for sharing some information. And yeah, just to everybody out there who's listened to this and taken the time, we appreciate you listening to this. And please just take those three last questions that Krista mentioned and sit with them, write them down, get your journal out. And yeah, give us a shout if you need some more help. We would be more than happy to walk this journey with you. So thank you so much and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.